Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, uh, it is my first Fort McMurray Matters, and uh, someone told me a while ago that uh, when you're starting a show like this, you talk about what you know with who you know. So we have Matt Decker from the Fort McMurray Oil Barons joining us on the show, on the phone this morning, actually, to discuss uh, some recent activity by the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. They recently had a three-games-and-three-night stretch as well. They uh, made a coaching change on Thursday. We'll also talk about their upcoming schedule later in the show. Joining me on the phone here this morning is Matt Decker. He is the Fort McMurray Oil Barons broadcaster. Uh, Matt, uh, I guess, how are you doing this morning? Um, I'm all right, Ryan. It's been, shall we say, a crazy last few days. Uh, a lot has happened here, but overall, it's I'm, I'm all right. Uh, you know, we both have roots uh, to Saskatchewan, both working for Harvard Media Stations in the Wheat Province. Uh, do you still kind of keep tabs on the team that uh, you used to follow, the Yorkton Terriers, which was, uh, again, where you were working before you made the trip up north? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, There's still a few guys over there that uh, I, I talk to as well. Um good example of one player I've been talking to recently actually is Dylan Ruptash, who was just traded to Spruce Grove Saints who the Oil Barons saw over the weekend and we, we had a good chance to, to uh, catch up and, and talk about how everything is going but yeah, I'm always always interested to see how the old team is doing with the Terriers there. Uh, I know they're having a little bit of a, a rougher season than maybe some people expected but uh, it, it, they're going through something, I guess, somewhat similar to what you Fort McMurray is right now where they have a new head coach this year and uh, they're going through a transition period. And I do have to ask about that uh, coaching change. Uh, Adam Mana was relieved of his uh, head coach and general managerial duties on Thursday. Uh, did you see this move coming? Not at all. Um, and I don't think anybody saw this move coming. It's uh it's a messy situation to, to say the least. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. Obviously, not a lot of it is uh, is out to the public's attention, and I'm not going to be the one who's, who's going to break some of the details to to the public's attention either. But uh, no, this is something that really blindsided a lot of different people. It happened right before the road trip Wednesday night. Team left Thursday, played Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's a very messy messy situation. What's happened there, and I would say it's it's a huge reason why the team really struggled over the weekend. The team was off to a thirteen twenty two and three start to the season uh, before this coaching change. Still sitting thirteenth in the standings uh, as we speak today, but a chance at a playoff spot uh, slowly starting to dwindle. Uh, are those things the board kind of considered before making this move? Maybe a little bit, but I would say that's definitely not the main factor of everything that's that's going on. Uh, it's more of 
conflict right now between uh, select players, other coaching members, and and Adam himself. Uh, again, it was it was a very sudden move. It was a, a situation where I feel like the board. Uh, they didn't feel like they had any other other choice with everything that uh, went down, and I would say performance is is one of the, the smaller factors of the decision uh, coming into this year. Adam has been working on rebuilding the culture, and he's doing a very very good job at that as well. And unfortunately, some people just didn't uh, agree with which direction the the culture was going, and they wanted things to go in, in a different way and that's why now we, we've got a bit of a, a coaching situation. That is a pretty good way to put it there, uh, Matt. Now, uh, Carter Duffin takes over. I guess, what do you feel he brings to this team? He's definitely a coach who is a player's coach in terms of he, he's well-liked by the team. Um, video is one of his biggest things. It's it's his specialty, if, if you want to call it that. Um, he's very good at, well, what he's done with us this year, at least he's implemented a system where now the coaches can actually pull up gameplay during the game on an iPad on the bench and show the players, hey, this is what happened here. This is what we need you to do. So he, he brings that element to the team that we're – <laughs> some of the coaches have actually flat out said, hey, we don't know how we're going to be able to coach again without without these iPads up, this video. Uh, again, well-liked by a good chunk of the players as well. Um, he He's a new coach in a sense here. His, his last head coaching experience was with the Castle Guard Rebels in uh, BC's Junior B uh, League, uh, the KIJHL. And, he, and there he, he had some... some okay numbers as well as as a coach so it'll be interesting to see what he does taking over as the interim head coach he's doing his duties as an assistant coach as well as all the duties of adam uh for presumably the rest of the season unless the board decides otherwise it also makes things a lot more interesting because trade deadline is wednesday who knows what the oil barons are going to want to do coming up with a trade deadline, whether they're buyers or sellers. And uh, it makes things a little more intriguing of what Fort McMurray ends up doing in the next few days. Matt, it's like you had my question list right in front of, right in front of you uh, because uh, you brought up a couple points that I wanted to bring up here a little bit later on. So, uh, again, Duffin not new to head coaching. Uh, three seasons of experience with the Castlegar Rebels, like you said, in uh, the KIJHL. But uh, this is his first in as a head coach in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, but does it help kind of knowing that there is someone behind the bench with a little bit of head coaching experience uh, for this hockey team? I would say yes in, in that case. Um, the other thing you also got to keep in mind is Carter has a lot of experience, at least as an assistant coach, across Western Canada. He's been a, an assistant coach in Burden, in Estevan, head coach out in BC, assistant coach in Lloydminster as of uh, last couple seasons. So it, the fact that he has some head coaching experience, I think it does help. It's a lot different of a beast, though, going from junior B to junior A, a lot bigger skill set, a lot different dynamics that you're dealing with here. And so it makes it very interesting to see what does he do as a rookie interim coach where he's got a very short period of time to really audition for the job going down the road here. Again, it's a really rough situation to jump into. Uh, having the three games right after Adam was let go, 
having the trade deadline coming up this week is not a position I don't think I would wish on any other person. It's uh, does it add a little bit of confidence? Yeah, I, I guess it would, but it, it's a very a very difficult position to be in. We'll be back with more from Matt Decker next on Fort McMurray Matters. <laughs> Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Matt Decker is back on the phone with us here this morning. Transitioning to this past weekend, you've mentioned it a couple times now, but a rough start to Duffin's interim ed coaching tenure. Three games in three nights, all on the road, all ending in losses for the Oil Barons. Uh, I guess, how did you see it? I guess the best word I could probably use, not so much for the first game on Thursday, but definitely for the Friday and Saturday games, Dysfunctional is probably the best way that I, I would describe it. Thursday, the team looked like they were going to rally around the whole situation. They got off to a solid start. 2 nothing lead against Bonneville in the first period. And then Bonneville found a way to tie it up in the second. They looked like the better team in the middle frame. Oil Barons came out flying in the first half of the third period, got a power play goal, restored their lead. Looked like they were really pushing in that first half of the period there. And then uh, a couple of missed calls and a couple of really... I'll call them breakdowns, led to three goals in the final six minutes and almost felt like with the way that the weekend ended, it kind of unraveled the team there for the weekend, at least mentally. They didn't look as confident going forward. Uh, going down 4 nothing in the first period to Spruce Grove, and Spruce Grove really just kind of pulled the thread on the Oil Barons and just watched it continue to unravel. Oil Barons were a very frustrated team. Earlier in the season, I would have said they've done a really good job. If they did lose in a somewhat lopsided fashion, they bounced back the next night. And they did for all of one period against Sherwood Park, who's the second-best team in the league, nationally ranked in Canada. And things fell apart in the second and uh, lesser extent in the third period. Third period is when the Oil Barons finally got their legs underneath them and looked like they could play with the Crusaders in that 9-4 loss. So uh, surprising to see the way that they they really struggled. Um, And just little things that you didn't expect to see. Like the team looked a little splintered at times. The team did not look like a team, especially Friday and Saturday in Spruce Grove and Sherwood Park. And so the question is, is that an issue going forward with everything that's happened with the coaching situation? Or or is that maybe just the team still reeling and still trying to figure out how to handle everything with the situation from Wednesday night? And, you know, you mentioned uh, three games and three nights with uh, not a lot of time to kind of turn around, uh, if you will. A full week of practice uh, before your next uh, few games here. Uh, I imagine that'll be uh, quite beneficial. It'll definitely be a time that the team can use to regroup. Something to keep in mind just because of the circumstances here uh, in Fort McMurray. Carter's been running the practices since the Christmas break. Uh, Adam was up at the Circle K Classic in Calgary doing some scouting with with the scouting staff there. So he was late getting into into town. And in the situation leading up to uh, Wednesday night, Carter was, was running the show. So it's not like the players haven't uh, had a chance to – to see how Carter runs things. But I think just the news was so shocking that at the very least, this week will be a chance for the team to regroup. How do they do that? I'm not 100% sure. I'll be very intrigued to watch over the week what Carter ends up doing with the team. And again, when you throw 
the trade deadline right into the middle of that. Uh, it could be some more transition for this team. But again, a couple of days off between the trade deadline and their next game against Okotoks on Saturday, I think that'll at least help the boys process what's going on and they'll have a, a better chance to be a little more, I don't want to say a little more prepared, but they can at least mentally be more ready for the challenge up ahead, especially when you got two games against Okotoks who's third place in the AJHL. And then keep in mind, on Tuesday, the number one ranked Brooks Bandits will be in town. So the schedule doesn't get any easier for the Oil Barons going forward. Wanted to go back to Friday night. That's 7 nothing loss to Spruce Grove, a team that uh, only sits about eight points above Fort McMurray for 10th uh, in the league. Was that a bit unexpected? Maybe a touch. Um, one thing that the Oil Barons ran into with Spruce Grove it was a very, very upset Spruce Grove team. The game before that they played on the Wednesday, they broke a record for the most regulation losses in franchise history since they returned to Spruce Grove. Whenever a team breaks a record like that, you know they want to tee off whatever opponent is coming up next, whether it's the Brooks Bandits, whether it's the Old Grizzlies, the White Court Wolverines, the Short Park Crusaders. It just happened to be Fort McMurray at that point. And all this anger, all this rage that Spruce Grove had pent up from breaking that record on Wednesday night. They just unleashed it on Fort McMurray. And I think the way that Fort McMurray lost the night before on the Thursday, that they were reeling a little bit already, they hadn't quite fully bounced back from from that game. And so they get down early in the contest, and it was really out of, out of reach after the first 20 minutes. I will say this, Fort McMurray looked a little better over the next two periods, but yeah, when you go up against a team that was as angry as the Spruce Grove Saints, it's hard to, uh, and you're not quite ready for it at the same time, it's hard to be really too, too surprised about a lopsided or loss. But I do imagine something was said uh, post-game about, uh, you know, again, a 7 nothing loss to a team that's uh, just above you in the standings. I would agree with that. There definitely would be some words um Again, this has been a team that over the weekend has been sort of in survival mode just to to get through the transitional period of losing their head coach. Uh, so what the message would be, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, that's between Carter and, and the players. And there'll be a lot more conversations again over this week getting the team prepared for, for the weekend as they have a, a full week to prepare for Okotoks. And then again, that uh, tough finish to the road trip in Sherwood Park. Another loss, this one 9-4. No denying the talent on that roster, sitting second in the AJHL, as you mentioned, for good reason. Uh, But still, nine goals against is not going to get it done for you for uh, 99% of the time. No, it's difficult when you get outscored 21-7 to over three games in a weekend to come away with any victories there. And Sherwood Park, they really showed their mettle. They're a team that's adding. They're a team that feels like they can take on the Brooks Bandits and win the franchise's first championship in the AJHL. And really, the thing that absolutely blew me away was Sherwood Park, and yeah, we've seen them before, four times earlier in the season, but we haven't seen them since October, is just how active offensively they are, how much the defense jumps up in the plate, how much speed they come out at you. And it almost felt like the Oil Barons weren't quite ready to handle all the ways of attack that came at them. I'll say this, like every other game in the season series, the Oil Barons stuck with Sherwood Park through the first period. Every single game after one period of play between these two teams, it was either a difference of one goal 
or it was tied after 20 minutes of play. It's just when things get to the second period, that really dictates whether the Oil Barons stuck with Short Park or not. And again, kind of like the 10-3 loss back in October, the second period got away from the Oil Barons against Sherwood Park, and they got they found themselves outside of the game down 6-1 after 40 minutes of play. Now, uh, Sherwood Park, an amazing team, a team that I think can beat Brooks in a seven-game playoff series. That that would be fun to watch. And, again, that's a team that are not done adding before the trade deadline. The rumor is they have about another one or two moves that they want to do. Their hardest thing to do might be trying to find enough ice time for all the star players on that team. Coming up, we'll have more from my conversation with Matt on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back to wrap things up with Matt Decker from the Fort McMurray Oil Barons here on Fort McMurray Matters. Switching back to the Oil Barons, though, they've won only three of their last ten games. Points in four of them, but uh, still only three wins in their last ten. Uh, what has to happen to uh, turn things around? they got to find a way to rally. Plain and simple. The schedule in January, it, it's no secret, it is a brutally difficult schedule. Ten of their 11 games are against top seven opponents in the league. That's not easy for any team. I don't care who you are. If you're Black Falls, Okotoks, Brooks, that is a difficult schedule. they got to find a way to rally around the pieces they have in that locker room. They can't worry about Okotoks being third. Brooks being number one. They got to focus on their game, what makes them successful, tightening everything up defensively. It's going to start from the back end. If they can do that going forward, they'll create their own offensive opportunities. And they have shown at times throughout this season, they can stick with the top teams like the Brooks, the Okotoks, the Black Falls, the, the Sherrod Parks. So no, they, they really need to take this week to rally around themselves to tighten up their game especially defensively if they can do that going forward they'll give themselves a chance i know fans it's it's tough looking at the schedule ahead here but this is a team that needs that fan support that needs people to come to the rink to cheer them on to to help them rally around their situation the AJHL trade deadline is something you mentioned a little bit earlier on here. It is coming up on Wednesday. Looking likely the Oil Barons are going to be sellers, though. Uh, who are some of the players that could be generating some interest in trade talks? Yeah, that's what it definitely feels like right now. It's um, it's still hard to say, especially the way that the AJHL is set up compared to what you're used to out there, Ryan, with the SJHL, where only eight teams get it. It's 14 of the 16 teams get in in the AJHL and it's really you you dictate are you buyers or sellers off of if you feel like you get the right matchup you can get out of round one uh yeah I would not be surprised to say that this team would be liquidating some of their assets Gabe Gratton love him absolutely the franchise uh the city here absolutely loves loves him as a local kid he's been a great player for this team over the last two years there's a good chance we might saw him for the last time in an oil barons net uh, in the third period against Sherwood Park. He's a guy that I know there was conversations earlier in the year where if the oil barons record was still uh, looking a little lopsided, looking a little rough, that 
he would have been open to moving to a contender to try to find a championship in his last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on because there are a couple of teams out there who are very interested in a Gabe Grattan. You could see somebody maybe reach out for a Keith Gruner and Evan Arnold. Vincent Lamana, I think, is a very intriguing piece for the Oil Barons as well. He's had his struggles over the last few games since coming back from the Christmas break, but he leads the team in assists. He can do everything in every situation for the Oil Barons, and he's a 20-year-old bet that has seen it all uh, in the Western Hockey League. So those were some very intriguing pieces. Uh, Simon Diaz is another one that could be intriguing. The biggest thing for Fort McMurray is if you move these assets, what do you get back in return? Do you get an exciting young prospect that you can build around in the future? Do you have a young guy that you can stick into your lab and say, hey, here's some experience for the last about 20 games of the season that will benefit you in top-end roles and it will prepare you to maybe taking a, a huge step forward in the next one, two, three seasons, depending if it's an 06, 07, maybe even an 08 player. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the, the older players on, on Fort McMurray, they're the ones that I wouldn't be surprised if they move on to contending teams, but the move's got to be right for the Oil Barons. If it's not right for the Oil Barons, then I can't I can't see moving guys for like just player development fees. Down the stretch here, there will likely be some opportunities for younger players to make their mark on the team. Who are some of those guys that uh, you see benefiting from some a uh, little bit of extra ice time uh, here down the stretch? Jason Wang is the first one that steps out here, an 06 forward from Edmonton, and he'll be representing, from what I hear, and we're still waiting for the official announcement, but there's a good chance he'll be representing uh, Team China in the under-17 World Championships in March. He's a very streaky player. When he's on, he's on. He'll fill the back of the net. He'll create offensive chances. But he's a 2006-born rookie, and rookies aren't expected to take the big steps forward in their first full years in the league. But he's a guy who could get a lot more ice time. He was one of the lone bright spots over the weekend. That's a guy that you can build around for your future going forward. Uh, guys on the back end, you have your Ethan Kings. Spencer Coons has been very intriguing. A guy who can pull, both play defense as well as forward. He kind of reminds me of a Kenton Helgeson with the Calgary Edmonton a few years ago. Zayden Saddlemeyer, another 2005-born uh, forward who's from Saskatchewan. He's a guy, while, yeah, you look at his stats, he's played, I believe it's 22 games and doesn't have a point, but he's one of the hardest working players out there. And you get the feeling if he gets a little more ice time because he's been all around the net, finally he'll get that, that goose egg broken in the goals column. And he's a guy who you, you like to see out there because he'll play in whatever situation you want and he's not going to pout. He will, he will go out there and do a good job of it. So those are a few guys that the oil barons have got to be very excited about having on their team in the future. Again, for the oil barons right now, it's building around the 2005, the 2006 born players for the next couple of years. Looking ahead to the weekend, the Oil Barons are home to Okotoks for a back-to-back Saturday-Sunday series. Uh, What are some things that uh, we can look forward to with that weekend set? Well, the big thing for Saturday night, at least, it's minor hockey night. Uh, All minor hockey players in Fort McMurray, as long as they're wearing their jerseys, can get in for free for the game on Friday night, or on Friday night, on Saturday night, rather. So 
you want to see some some oil barons hockey and you're in minor hockey here in Fort McMurray, come on out with your jersey and those kids can get in for free. Obviously, you're 14 and under. Um, you got to be accompanied by by an adult. So that's really the the, the big thing for, for Saturday night. Again, a top-notch team in the Okotoks Oilers. If you want to see one of the elite teams in the AJHL, that is it. And there could be some new faces for the oil barons as well heading into this weekend. So it'll be very intriguing to see it. If those new, if there are new faces, how they contribute to the roster here. Again, it's still the Oil Barons. We still have the best fans in the AJHL, and that alone, that title alone, is a reason why fans should still come on out and support this team. You mentioned uh, minor hockey nights coming up on Saturday. I guess what's else uh, on the promotional schedule ahead uh, for the Oil Barons? The big thing as well uh, right now is the oil baron's biggest uh, sponsorship and that's the dream home lottery the dream home tickets they're on sale until about the end of february there but this month there's the new year new money so if you buy your tickets for the dream home you're entered into a chance to win twenty five thousand dollars and the deadline to buy tickets for that twenty five thousand dollars draw is on the 21st it's a big way to support this team they can't do it without the support of the community and again, what would be nice then, or nicer than to have a little bit of a, a bonus in the new year here with $25,000? And at the flip side, the home on 141 Cobblestone Bay, it's an absolute beauty. I've been there myself. It's an amazing home. So many little features that uh, you'd be very lucky to have. So that's, uh, that's the big thing that's going on right now still as well as the Dream Home Lottery. It's a great way to support the players if you're not able to make it out to the rink. And again... What more do you want if you can't if you're looking for a chance to win twenty five thousand dollars or a brand new home in the city? Where can people go to hear and see more about the oil barons and uh, maybe grab some tickets? Head right down to our website, fortmcmurrayoilbarons.ca. You can buy your tickets right there. There's a, a section for that. And if you want to listen to the Oil Barons games, I have every single one of the games this season. Uh, on that page, there is our little radio player. It's active during game day, so you can click, click play. It's completely free. You don't have to pay anything uh, pregame. Post game, intermission shows, you name it, we have it. And that goes on uh, every game day. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much uh, for the time here this morning. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Ryan. And go, Oil Bears, go. That was our show for today. Thank you to Matt Decker from the Fort McMurray Oil Barons for joining us to discuss uh, the uh, season and uh, a couple of uh, different odds and ends from the last week or so in Oil Barons country. Uh, also, big thank you to uh, the previous host, Alex McLeod. Uh, she's been a great help in uh, preparing me to take over this show. So uh, big thanks to Alex and all the best uh, with your future endeavors uh, in southern Alberta. Tomorrow on the show, we plan to have Jay Note from Keanu College to discuss the rise in college students on the Keanu College campus. Uh, record numbers for the college. Again, good problems to have over at Keanu College. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally.